Space Watchers. This is Space Cafe Radio on tour in Lausanne, your channel about trends, great people and awesome conferences. I'm Thorsten Krening, publisher of Spacewatch.global. Beginning of May, I had the chance to attend the Leo Kinetic Space Safety Workshop at the EPFL, supported by AXAXL, Leo Labs, ClearSpace, Secure World Foundation and the EPFL Space Center. During the conference, I interviewed Professor Dr. Frank Schäfer. Please enjoy our conversation. What are you doing and what is the organization you work for? My name is Frank Schäfer. I am working at the Fraunhofer Ernst Mach Institute in Freiburg, southwestern Germany. And I am a physicist. The field of my research is to look experimentally at the effects a hypervelocity impact may have on a spacecraft. We're here in Lausanne at the Kinetic or Space Safety Workshop. So what brings you over here? What is the element you can contribute into this entire context? At this workshop, we discuss many topics related around the SSA. And the topic I'm here for is to look at the effects and impact can have on a spacecraft. We assume that the space debris environment will act on a spacecraft. You will have impacts and there are damages on the spacecraft. And this is the knowledge about how these impacts occur and what the damages they produce. This is what uh, we contribute to this workshop. I was fascinated seeing the agenda, how many aspects and facets the entire SSA topic provides and from how many angles we can tackle it. So obviously your research is an integral part, an absolute needed part of that. Yes, th this is true. And it covers the whole range of particle sizes. We have the small particle population. These are the particles we can not see through radar or optical observation. They, What size are we talking about? We talk about sizes between 100 microns and let's say about 10 centimeters that are difficult to see. And then we have above 10 centimeters, starting from 10 centimeters, we can see those particles with uh, means of radar or with optical observations. And for these larger portion of the space debris, we can make collision avoidance maneuvers because we know we can measure the trajectories and can say, okay, here's a potential collision coming up. So please move away, move out of the way of the space debris. But for the smaller population below about 10 centimeters, it is not possible to make collision avoidance maneuvers because we simply don't see them. And that's the vast majority of the particles that we have in the space debris population. This is this small particle population that will definitely impact with some probability on the spacecraft surface. It is said that a pint of paint can destroy a spacecraft. So because it has this high velocity of up to 27,000 kilometers per hour, Is that true? Is that something you can provide the measurements, the proof in your institute? This is exactly what we are looking at the Fraunhofer Ernst Mach Institute, at the effects that an impact may have. So, for example, a paint flake that is, let's say, a few hundred microns in size, half a millimeter or one millimeter in size. We can accelerate that, put that into our experimental uh, light gas guns and uh, accelerate that on a surface. And we know that with these small particles, we will get damages, surface damages like cratering. We also will get ejecta from the surface, but we will not get typically detrimental damage because these particles are too small to cause a severe damage. But if you look at 
optics, for example, they may uh, cause in star trackers or in camera optics or also on the surface of solar cells, we can see damages from these particles. So for these type of spacecraft components, it is definitely of concern. How big is that impact? If we look at what becomes really critical for a spacecraft, then it depends very much on the type of objects. As I said, we have the optics that may be damaged. And if the optics is the scientific instrument you want to make measurements, it's, it's bad if yeah. it's damaged or if less, la uh, less light is uh, radiated. Also, with laser communication, you have also lots of optics there. So you need to have a close look how much of the optics will be damaged. When we come to satellite walls, these are typically sandwich panels, mm -hmm. two plates and a honeycomb structure in between. And these, and with multi-layer insulation in, in front, these satellite structure walls, they can be penetrated by particles as low as one millimeter. And one millimeter particle sizes is about what you can expect during any mission in low Earth orbit. So you will definitely get an impact on a typical spacecraft that operates for a few years in low Earth orbit. You should know that this is definitely going to happen. So you will have one penetration that goes inside your spacecraft. I'm thinking about the optics you just mentioned in laser communications. We're putting more and more communication on laser because of the frequency band and the availability and whatever reasons there are. But the, the likelihood, as you say, to be hit to get this kind of bombardment seems to be very high right now or increasing in the future because these small particles are there, obviously. Is that correct? So, so the risk of a component to be hit depends on its area and also the mission duration. And so if you have, for example, for laser optics, you typically have fairly small areas. So it is uh, not so much at risk as, let's say, a, a large radiator or an antenna that covers a large area. Your research, how is that embedded into actual work on new spacecraft or on existing spacecraft? Are you cooperating with industry or with institutions? What comes after the research? When industry want to implement shielding measures or to implement protection measures for their, their subsystems, they typically contact us so we can have a look at the subsystem and can say what is the best shielding option. There's some shielding options uh, that can consist uh, by adding another layer of metal or you can also add uh, high-strength fabrics, for example, on heavily exposed components like tanks where you want to avoid leakage so you put some additional high strength fibers or some other type of protection system on top of it and are these just german companies that coming to you or is it really also for you a global business we have customers industry customers from europe typically not so much from over the ocean we have done about 80% of all projects uh, for European space agency that are related to hypervelocity impact testing of components to determine the damage on different types of spacecraft components and to determine also the failure modes. Do you think that we can actively manage the risk of space debris as humanity or is it too late already, such like climate crisis? It's very difficult. I, I would not directly compare this to climate crisis. <laughs> <laughs> The point is that we have scientists that tell us for years that will happen, that can happen, mm -hmm. that climate crisis will come. And we just ignored them. 
So the question is, you as a scientist, how you guys see that? Is it still in the possibility that we can manage the risk from space debris or is it too late? We see hundreds of satellites launching more or less every month and space debris removal is in its first steps. I think this problem has to be addressed from different sides. First of all, what I'm standing for, the safety of spacecraft against impacts from space debris This is a topic that every satellite mission should address in the future because we will definitely have the small particle population that we cannot see with radar. So we have to make protection measures on the satellite itself. This is something that is definitely necessary. But shielding is not the only point. We also have to address how we mitigate additional space debris. There's a big question, for example, on how constellation operators will ensure that their spacecraft will re-enter. We know that some of the spacecraft from constellations, they fail for some technical reasons right at the beginning. So you have already some spacecraft up there who are not functioning anymore and who potentially can't collide. And this is probably the next step I want to address. We have been talking only about the small satellite uh, population and the impacts, the damages they may make on spacecraft. But on the other hand, we have also to address uh, the collisions between two satellites, which lead to fragmentations. You, you will have many thousands, hundreds, uh, ten thousands of fragments that are spread all over. And that is particularly dangerous in an orbit where we have constellations. Because these new clouds that are generated, they will have an effect on our acting much longer than, for example, explosions from battery heated, overheated batteries. There is a big difference in a collision. There's many more fragments that can be deadly for functioning satellites than we would get from an explosion. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Thorsten. Thanks for listening to Space Cafe Radio on tour in Lausanne at the LEO Kinetic Space Safety Workshop at EPFL in cooperation with AXA XL, LEO Labs, ClearSpace, Secure World Foundation and the EPFL eSpace Center. If you want to stay on the pulse of space, visit our website, our mothership at spacewatch.global and subscribe to our newsletters. But of course... Don't forget to become a Space Watcher. I'm Thorsten Screening, CEO and publisher of SpaceWatch.Global, your independent perspective of space.